Here's the situation. The Charlotte Hornets lose again, this time to the Chicago Bulls, and the NBA trade deadline is just hours away. How will the Hornets operate? How did they look last night? What are the positives? We talk about it today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets. This episode's brought to you by Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. It's the fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Hornets. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Check us out on a bunch of different platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube as well. And click the subscribe button at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, LOH, and my co-host for the last couple of days. You can check him out on Twitter at David B. Walker. David, are you holding up okay after what was another loss for the Charlotte Hornets? Now back to 500 for the first time in a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm hunkered down. This is my hunkered down outfit. I'm it looks like it's your bomb shelter. Yeah, uh, it it's trade deadline day. It's all star draft day. It's six <laughs> losses in a row. Uh, so it's time to regroup. It's time to come back with a force. Yeah, you you are you are definitely hunkered down. Look at you. You look cozy. You've got your beanie on. I am cozy. That, yeah. that makes me feel better. I mean. You're a, a pint of ice cream away from just full-on meltdown mode. Right Don't now. tempt me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> That's it. I'm. I would be joining. Uh, I'd be joining you if it wasn't so early. Like the excuse now is that we could lie to the people and say we're recording this later, but it really is about 10 a.m. Eastern time where we're recording this. So maybe a little early for ice cream, yeah. but not too early for a little Charlotte Hornets breakdown. David, they lose 121 to 109 last night. They were on national television. They come out and they actually start well enough to win the first quarter, 29 to 28. Okay, cool. Shots falling a little bit. You almost scored 30 points in the first quarter against Chicago. You got to keep up with them because they are so efficient offensively and defensively. They actually allow a decent amount of points. And so when you look at Charlotte, okay, 29, great start. And then they just have this letdown quarter. And that's what's been happening to this team. You can go back to whether it's the first, whether it's the third, whether it's the second. They have 12 minutes where they completely forget to basketball. And then they end up losing because of it. They just can't dig themselves out of that hole. And 16 points ain't going to do it. Eight points against Miami. Not going to do it. The letdown in the previous game they played. I forget what. I think it was the third quarter in that one, too, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um um, and they just can't come back from it. Like that that's the problem. It was against Toronto. They lose one sixteen to one oh one in that game. And just trying to pull up the box score real quickly. Um, second quarter or it was the first quarter in that one. So they lose thirty five to twenty one. Like you just you can't have the the monster meltdown in at least one quarter of action every time you go out there and they end up losing, David. What'd you notice from this one? Yeah, not when you're playing against the teams that they are right now and the caliber teams and, and how well those teams are playing because they're not taking quarters off. They're not having slow starts. And that's another step in the maturity of this team, right? We've kind of gotten over the hump of the sleepy starts. Uh, of course, you brought up the Toronto game, so there's still a little a bit of that. Yeah, But they're having these dud quarters, and you can't do that. You cannot come out against these good teams. You know, Chicago's vying for a top-four spot, right, in the East. They're trying to climb up there. They're on the road. They're all business. 
And the Hornets, you know, God bless them. Look, we all know the injury issues they're dealing with. Uh, their 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 shooting is way off right now, so they're dependent on the three pointer, and they're not hitting any of those. But you thought they had a chance. I mean, the line last night was like one and a half. Walker, for some reason, uh, my buddy Chris, I saw that. Thought he, he should bet the bet the house on it, uh, and maybe he should have. And you thought Vegas maybe knew something in the opening part of that game. Hubie Brown, God bless him, was like, you know, the Hornets shoot so many threes, the the Bulls shoot no threes. The Hornets score a lot of points, but they also give up a lot of points, and and that's the problem, right? They could yeah. not stop the Bulls at all. Demar Derozan in particular, and when their offense goes cold. They, they don't settle down. They start to panic a little bit. They don't drive to the basket. And what you have ends up happening last night where they have a quarter where they basically don't do anything, and that ends up being the difference. Well, and here's the thing. I think we talked about this yesterday, too. Like, you look at Chicago, and you have DeMar DeRozan. Automatically, people think you're not going to be shooting a ton of threes. And you're right. I mean, it's not like they take a ton of three-point attempts. Um, but when you look at the efficiency of Chicago when they do shoot from the perimeter – they're third in the league. So when they mm. take them, they make them. And then you look at the overall field goal percentage for Chicago. Number one, baby, most efficient offense when it comes to hitting um, when it comes to hitting field goals as much as any team in the NBA. And so that that's the problem. It's that when they do take those threes, and when DeMar took them yesterday, it's not like he's somebody that'll kill you from out there. But yesterday, that was the case. DeMar hits three three-pointers, which might not sound like a lot, but when you've had Hadn't three, hit one in a week. <laughs> yeah, it was like three of 30 coming into that game. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Hubie Brown kept pointing that out. Did you, did you watch the ESPN broadcast last night? Yeah, yeah, I definitely was going to watch for Hubie. I think he's a, a gem. I, I got some oh, yeah, backlash on that on Twitter the last time I put it on. And maybe some of the, I don't know, some folks don't like his 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 brand as much as I do. But, I, I mean, he's just all about the game, man. You know, he's watching the game. He's calling out when LaMelo's getting hacked and not getting the call. He's like, right. come on, come on. And then he just tells it like it is for the most part, you know. I mean, that's all you can ask for these national guys. They're not going to be as in-depth as EC and Dell. But uh, Hubie just loves the game, obviously. No, yeah, and, and he, he and he, he had a, tell. yeah, and he had a lot of good things to say about yeah. the Hornets, and a lot of good things to say about Lamelo. David, I thought he was awesome last night. Like he just yeah. he just didn't have as much help in this one. Twelve of twenty five from the field. Here's the stat line for him: thirty three points, had five assists, which isn't actually as much as he usually gets. It, it's been kind of down here recently, and four turnovers. But like you know, usually. I like seeing the higher assist number from LaMelo because it means one, he's getting some help. People are making shots and two, he's, you know, orchestrating the offense. And we've talked about him trying to navigate when to take over and when to try to get everybody else involved. But LaMelo was the only guy we could count on consistently to hit shots. And he goes five of 10 from deep. Oh, excellent. Like in the struggling that he's had every, like a, a little bit here, the last, I don't know. You know, January wasn't a good shooting month for him, but like he, he's slowly put together some decent shooting nights from deep mm -hmm. lately. This one was a great one, five of 10, as I mentioned, but also he was finishing inside at a decent rate, which has, has always been a little bit of a problem for him. I thought his decision making was good. You know, only the four turnovers compared to, I think, the seven that he had the game prior. He was awesome. Yeah, I, I thought oh, Lamella was. I thought Lamella was great, and it took way too long for Kelly Oubre to get going. A lot of his points yeah. came in garbage time. You know, Terry Rozier wasn't good in this one. Two of eleven from deep. Same for Miles. Still, just can't quite find the three ball for him. It was Lamella and everybody else, David. And uh, again, you're you're going to need more help than that to beat Chicago. 
Yeah, and really LaMelo and Miles took a while to get going. I think they only had maybe nine or ten points at the half, right? So they were struggling to get going. A lot of that had to do with the second quarter, of course. Nobody did well. Uh, But once they got going, LaMelo kicked into high gear a little bit, got aggressive, right? Mm -hmm. Saw his opportunities to drive and was working that floater game, which can be brutal. You can't can't stop that. A lot of these guards, anybody guarding him is not going to be able to to stop that floater because – as Hubie pointed out, he can do it from, like, from the free throw line. If he's hitting that, the big guy can't get up there fast enough. Most of these guards aren't long enough to block that, although Kobe White got one last night on him. <laughs> but he was working it, and Miles just took too long, never really got going. And that's kind of what you see when you're asking where this team can go Like right now. It's like we think LaMelo is the guy, right? Or we know LaMelo is yeah. the guy. But do they have that guy right now? Do they have a DeRozan? they can just throw it to and he can go get them 10 points in a row yeah mm, not quite yet i mean Lamelo was working his magic last night but you know he's got to be able to distribute as well and they're just not shooting well enough overall for his game to really fully you know take over the whole game but yeah i mean he was amazing he had to do it if he hadn't have done it they would have lost right. about 30 right I, I think that when we talk about you know the development like Lamelo recognizing all right Got to do it, you know. We yeah. and, and I think you look at the, that sec, that first half that you mentioned, David. It's like you're not scoring. You have that dud of a second quarter, and then Lamelo decides, you know what? Other guys might just not have it tonight. I can still try mm-hmm. to keep them going, but I'm going to take over myself. I thought that was kind of played perfectly. A little, I mean, maybe not perfectly in the sense that they lost the game, but it's not Lamelo's fault by any means. I, I thought that's kind no. of the right way, and I think it's it's not like. He didn't have a ton of points in the first. It's not, or it's not like he had a goose egg, right? I think the first made basket in the second half is what got him to double digits or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he had three threes in the first quarter, maybe. So, so um, they, oh, well, there you go. So the second quarter yeah. was just it was the uh, it was the thing that destroyed them the most. And, um, and I think he was out for a good portion of that second quarter, right? And it felt like the Hornets were just trying to get threes up and get back into the game by shooting all threes, and they abandoned driving to the basket. And, you know, you saw what happened. They, that's worked for them, right? So, like, I, on one hand, it's tough to blame these guys because that's how they've been successful this season. But with Oubre not hitting, I mean, gosh, knows he, he just can't. He could hardly buy a basket until late in the game last night. And Miles being a little bit off and Terry being caught. I mean, that, that's been their successful way to do things. And they just haven't been able to replicate that as of late. Yeah, I mean, LaMelo played until like the 520 mark in the first quarter. And then he had a break, came back at the very end of the first, came back in the second, and then played till the 450 mark. So basically seven mm-hmm. minutes in the second and then set the last five. But played most of the third. Borrego tried to give him a break at the end of the third a little bit and then played all of the fourth. And I, I think that's kind of the breakdown you want. Maybe you want him to play yeah. more in the second um, and, and maybe a little bit in the first. But at the same time, I think I think Borrego was trying to save him because he knew he needed his best player at the end. Like, I don't I, – I know a lot of people have a problem with LaMelo's minutes. They've been up lately. You might uh, attribute that to Borrego not having a choice because of guys being yeah. out, which is, is totally true. But at the same time, like, you don't – want Lamelo to be tired as hell at the end you're trying to balance all right 55 games and 56 we're playing now he's 20 years old so he can handle it better but also we don't have any depth like Ish Smith has been pretty terrible lately and yeah. book night's not available Cody Martin you're not you're not putting into this game he's not available Terry Rogier, not a real point guard he's more of the combo god we, we need you in the second half more than the first maybe and it's you know yeah, yeah, yeah. second destroyed him so 
Yeah, no so. problems with that. It feels like it's trending that way for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there, there, there's so many men down right now that he's got to do what he can to get anybody out there, get them a rest when they can. Unfortunately, there was no time for rest last night. There wasn't, no, there wasn't. you couldn't really, you couldn't sneak any minutes around timeouts or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the best thing to come out of the game was was the mellow uh, by far on a national stage. You know, uh, get that some eyeballs. That that matters, and you know, I mean, I, I saw some tweets from you know Jalen and Jacoby. If you listen to that show, Jacoby was like, "Well, Mello's a superstar. Tune in right now. He was playing like it last night. He was fun, and it just wasn't enough for the Hornets to try to beat the Bulls. And now we shift our attention to the NBA trade deadline, which, as we mentioned, right, ten thirty a.m. Eastern as we're recording tick, tick, this, tick, tick, tick. we are getting close, baby. We'll talk about that in the next segment. An interesting stat line had out there by a possible player of interest. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props and odds and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. By the way, Bet Online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online, where the game starts. Let's talk about some player interest in the NBA trade deadline coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Is Locked On Hornets. And would, you, would, would I have liked to see a few more shards? Shards? No, I would not have. That's not some shards. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. There it is. Uh, yeah, there you go. I had to play the classic. <laughs> had to do that. There, there, and plus, you know, the whole thing d- with Doug being gone, I apologize for the audio yesterday. It sounded like I was on a Zoom call and David had this high tech setup just by speaking into the mic. So this thing right here, this microphone that I was speaking into essentially was for nothing because it wasn't on and it was just the audio coming in through the computer screen. I could have had this away, and it would have sounded the exact same. So apologize for the audio on my end. David was right. I was wrong, and I hate it too because when Doug's gone and you make a mistake, you know that only enhances his power. It's so brutal. Oh, man. I only give him more. I don't want to give him more power because he's So you didn't hear from him then? You no, didn't hear from him. I the the thing to do, and I think that situation is to get to him first and say, "Look, <laughs> the audio is messed up. I I bleeped up because, of course, I did. I'm still gonna put it on YouTube and out there in the in the world because I don't think it was so bad you couldn't listen to it. But I wanted to get out in front of it, and I th- it's the Andy Pettit strategy. Smart. You know, look, I yeah. took roids. I, I admit it. You know, so now right. please try to vote me in the Hall of Fame a little more. Um, <laughs> So Doug Branson, yeah, we'll we'll see when he can come back and then make sure everything is uh, clicking flawlessly. Let's go to the Rashawn Holmes stat line. That's kind of interesting, David. It's somebody that we've talked about a little more as the Kings have put him out there on the trade market. We know how much we talked about him during the offseason. It looked like the Hornets were going to go after him. That was going to be the first big free agent signing, and it never happened. He signed with Sacramento. Well, a stat line last night. He played two minutes, and DeMontis Sabonis' debut, by the way, was Sacramento. Mm. So Rashawn played two minutes in the first half, did not start, came off of the bench. Second half, he played 10, so 12 minutes overall for Rashawn. Only one field goal attempted and one field goal made. But not a big part of this game. The first contest that we saw with Sabonis on the roster, the Kings get a win. Sabonis looked really good. De'Aaron Fox hugs him like he was a long-lost <laughs> brother. So Rashawn seems to be on the very out looking in. 
Sam Vecini tweeting out yesterday that he seems pretty damn expendable. I, you know, if he's on the move, then the Charlotte Hornets are going to be one of the teams that are in tier one interested of that guy. Yeah. And, and where do they try and sneak in a, a deal with some of these guys that obviously look like they're on the move, right? I mean, do they try? You're not going to lowball anybody, but look, I mean, if you're dealing with the Kings, you might as well throw out something that you, that you might yeah. think they might take, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, it's so funny when we're talking about this because I was watching the game last night and looking at the center position and Miles Plumley. I, I mean, honestly, I think you'd have to admit he's been about as good recently as you could have hoped him to have been throughout the season, right? He's just, but he is what he is. Yeah. And he's maxing out. And, and even <laughs> Hubie, Hubie is like, look at this guy. He oh my hustles. God. Hubie he rubbed runs, himself some Mason Plumley. But he's given up uh, layups and dunks at this point. Um, a couple of times last night. So you look at a Holmes and you think about what he can bring to the table. We talked about a little bit yesterday. I don't, he's not the all-star that you're trying to add, but gosh, I mean, you know, when you're looking to add these post guys, um, the trade down is going to be interesting. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, let me ask you this. Miles Turner's hurt, right? I mean, do you, throw something at the Pacers now? I mean, do you throw a Gordon Haywood at the Pacers? Do you say, look, we don't care. This may not help us right now, but we can add this piece and then add something else in the offseason. I mean, is that something they think about? Yeah, the, the, I I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, we've talked right? about we've talked about <laughs> that, you know, and, and Gordon Hayward, again, while I acknowledge, like, his importance when he's healthy, the problem with him is that he is over 30 years old, that he's making a ton of money, and that he's not healthy all the time. And so you wonder about the leverage right now with Gordon – but yeah, you absolutely still see with Indiana. Yeah. Hey, bring him home. Bring him home. Right. Like the guy, he wanted to go Get there in the, the first place. Yeah, and and look, rumors were that he wanted to go to Indiana. I think that was actually kind of officially reported too, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to put a name to it, but um, if if it's not true, but I, I'm pretty sure people understood. Gordon wanted to go back to Indiana. Charlotte was offering more money to get him in free agency, and so he came down here to play for the Hornets. In a sense, I think, kind of embraced it. You see the Gordon Hayward blog, uh, and he loves it here in Charlotte. Talked about kind of getting out more uh, post-COVID and his time here with the Hornets or post-bad kind of stretches mm-hmm. of COVID, if you will. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Indiana, like we know that he's had interest there before, and the Pacers might be interested too. It, I've never given up like my want for Miles Turner. When he Perfect got fit. when he got hurt, I thought, all right, great. Maybe that just means you don't pay the right. as big of a price. <laughs> you know, I understand that it's scary. I think that turned Doug off. He's like, nah, I'm not dealing with the big guy with injuries, and that's fair. Like, I totally get it. It's certainly a risk. I, Miles Turner has always been the risk that I'm willing to take. That that that's always been the prime example. You know, Rashawn, depending on the price, you know, I. Uh, we've talked about it. Like, I, I think he would make a great addition. Here's what I do want to talk to you as well about, though. Like, you brought this up before we started recording. I want to circle kind of back to Chicago. You know, Chicago attacked the Charlotte Hornets last night, not only with DeMar, who was awesome. DeRozan going three of four from the three-point line. Yeah, he was. Um, He was great, and he was strong, and he finished these turnaround uh, mid-range jumpers, which he's been known to do. But he, he, was, he was so good last night, 36 points. But also Vooch. You know, they they trade for Vooch in the middle of last season, and they get rid of 
a Wendell Carter, who they'd kind of mm-hmm. given up on at that point. They get rid of, I don't know how many pick, the first round, just one, you know, that I, maybe it was just the first rounder and Wendell, maybe, maybe two first rounders. I'd have to go back and look at it, but they gave up yeah. a lot. And, and it didn't work out for him last year. Like they weren't all that much better. They signed DeMar DeRozan. They bring in Alonzo Ball, who didn't play last night, but they bring in Alonzo, and now here they are, number one in the East, 13 games above 500, and Booch destroys the Hornets down low, 9 of 13. Like, that that's what you see, and that's what I'm tired of seeing is post players just not miss a shot, you know. I, <laughs> it, like, 9 just, of 13. Just practice. Um, is there any comparison to see? I've t- I talked forever there. Is there, yeah, any, yeah. is there any comparison you can see from Chicago to what maybe Charlotte should do or could do? Well, yeah. I mean, when you are talking about both sides of the trade argument right now, which we've been doing for the last month, it seems like, you look at last year, Chicago finished – at the trade deadline, Chicago was in 10th place. They made a trade for Vucevic. They finished in 11th place, <laughs> two games behind your Charlotte Hornets. So they didn't even make the play-in game. But what they did do, that signaled that they were going to be proactive, they were going to be aggressive, and then they followed it up with a couple more moves, two big ones, obviously, the key one being DeRozan, right? But they also had a ball. Uh, but that was their move. I mean, the question surrounding them last year was, are they going to stand pat, or are they going to make a move to try and do something here in the East? And it's just crazy to think about the Hornets and the Bulls being in basically the same spot end of last year, and now they've catapulted themselves to the top of the East. The caveat with that is, of course, they were in a little different situation. I think their timetable was a little more ahead of the Hornets where they are now because they had a Levine contract situation coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, they had some things to think about where they had to make a move or do something different. I mean, are the Hornets that far away? Well, that, not that's, that far away. You well, know, they've got yeah. well, they've got Lamelo, so they did to think about it, but they're not quite at do or die time right now. And Vucevic is an All Star. Okay, there's not an All Star out there for them to get right now that I know of. Uh, Miles Turner may be the closest thing. Christian Wood, you could argue. Uh, Sabonis was probably that guy. But you want to look and add somebody somewhere and get aggressive. I think that's what Doug's screaming for is just do something. Right. Let's start the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would actually say compared to where the Bulls were with where Charlotte is, you know, the Bulls, they made a lot of new additions since the last NBA trade deadline. So since then, they've added Vucevic. They've added DeMar DeRozan. They've right. added Lonzo Ball. You know, that's yeah. they that's overhauled the whole, team. Right. That that's a huge that's a huge change. And on top of losing a Patrick Williams, who was supposed to be huge for them this year, you take away another body that they got used to last season. Um, you know, that's that, that's a, a ton of of big time players and so if Charlotte they, they wouldn't undergo that kind of change. Like uh, what you're asking for Charlotte right. is to go after another star and then maybe get there. I, I didn't love the trade for Chicago when it happened last year. And then obviously it was really risky for what they did this off season. L- Lonzo was always going to be a good move. It was the DeMar contract that I, I didn't like, but yeah, he's been great. It, he's been great. It's wild. It's wild when you go back and look at articles around like any sort of turning point in previous seasons, right? Like the trade deadline, a couple weeks after the trade deadline, mm-hmm. like this is a disaster. I found an article from like a month ago that was like this Vucevic thing isn't working out, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's like, they're at the top of the East now, and uh, that front office is is being aggressive and making moves, and they've pretty much nailed everyone as a whole right now, right? And Chicago so, doesn't do that. Gar packs. I know. They are, they are long know. gone. Yeah, so, so that's what the Hornet fans are looking for. It doesn't always work out. You know, all situations are different. But uh, the Hornets 
have to make moves via the trade market and they have to hit on basically all of their draft picks until you see guys starting to flood this market and free agency really wanting to play with LaMelo ball. Those are where you're going to add talent to the team. So, you know, it was just something that was interesting to, to compare those teams last year, look at them, that move that was made and, and Charlotte's kind of in a similar position today. Yeah, we'll see exactly what the Charlotte Hornets do just a couple of hours, a few hours now from the trade deadline. We know Philadelphia, we know Brooklyn, they are the main talk of what might happen. But the Charlotte Hornets, I have to imagine, they are among the other frequently talked about uh, franchises when it comes to the NBA trade deadline. All right, let's talk about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need, so why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. The prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck. Write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also want to bring to you a message from Camp Lejeune. Uh, Camp Lejeune for listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have. I wanted to notify you of an available resource from 1953 to 1987. Personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees informed with updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune Historic Drinking Water Notification Database. You can learn more and register at www.marines.mil/clwater. That's www.marines.mil/clwater. We'll finish up some of the trade deadline talks as well as the all-star draft tonight. Where do we think LaMelo gets selected? That's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Is Locked on Hornets. If you're watching on YouTube, which you should be, this is me cooking up this segment. Um, yeah, I mean, there, the we've, what you're doing. Well, this, this like segment will... What's up? Yeah, well, yeah, it's kind of a vertical cabbage patch. You don't see that very often, <laughs> a vertical cabbage patch. Revo- I'm revolutionizing white I'm pre- guy dancing moves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Juwan Howard did that when they were going to the Final Four. I think that's what happened. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All-star. <laughs> David, your reaction to the Bucs are always the best. Part. They're fantastic. <laughs> they I are. mean, it's well, the, 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 the goodness that has been put out by yeah. this podcast over the years is unbelievable. Well, yeah. And, you know, Doug is just such a character. It's like, all right, what did Doug do today? Yeah, go put that in a bump or something like that. And then just put my deadpan reaction to it. And then, boom, you got yourself a bump. Um, let's talk about the All-Star draft tonight, uh, David. LaMelo Ball, he finally got in. He was the first one out, eventually would get in because of Kevin Durant's injury. And so LaMelo mm-hmm. is officially an All-Star. But we have this draft. It's not the East versus the West anymore. You have Team LeBron. You have Team KD. And when those guys are picking, anybody is available. They don't have to just stick in with their conference. And so it's always kind of weird when the player, when one player is the last one drafted, they finally made the decision to televise the draft. And so that was awesome when they made that decision. (laughs) I think that was a couple of years ago. Where does LaMelo go? 
because we saw the all-star voting results and the player results didn't seem to favor LaMelo over some of the other backcourt mates in the NBA. What say you on where we see LaMelo selected tonight? Man, this is what I'm watching out for. Okay, a couple things to watch out for. Uh, does LeBron take him first overall? <laughs> is he trying to orchestrate <laughs> oh. some sort of move to clutch and or the Los Angeles Lakers or some sort of meet up at some other team somewhere else? Uh, does Kevin Durant give a crap at all? I mean, he's not even playing. Lamelo replaced him. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how far he falls. I theorize that Lamelo could be in line uh, to get frozen out of this game <laughs> based on this player <laughs> react- voting. So if he goes last, I think that's a lock. Uh, but I don't think he goes last. Uh, he's too much fun. Um, you know, yeah. LeBron could catch a couple easy lobs from uh, LaMelo on the break. I think we all want to see that. And I think these guys realize that he's going to be a fun addition to the game. I'm looking – I'm thinking mid-round. You know, he's not going to be the first guy off the board. Uh, but, I, but I don't think he lasts all the way till the end. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think – you're probably talking about the mid rounds. You're probably, if you had like three tiers, he's probably in that second one um, that would get drafted. He's going to be so much fun to watch. Like this is made for LaMelo, the all-star game. Just give me all the crazy passes you could possibly give to the best players in the game. This is why LaMelo needed to be exactly facilitator. And if he does go, then they're just a bunch of haters. I'm sorry. If he, if he's last in this game, I mean, come on. Well, that's that's the thing, too. Like, LaMelo is clearly an extremely fun basketball player. And if you don't select him, and if he does fall all the way to being last, then it does seem kind of haterish. And this brings up a question to me, David, where we talk about free agency. A lot of people have kind of hypothesized Mm -hmm. this might be a free agent destination now, not only because the Hornets have done a decent job of adding talent, but they added the talent. They added LaMelo Ball. They added someone who brings out the best in a lot of other players. So you would think that might attract some players here to this city. I don't know if you can really say that about Kelly Oubre, because I think he probably thought he was going to get more money on the market at first, waited it out, it didn't happen, and then he comes to Charlotte, but embraced it immediately and and, and did so to the nth degree. I've never been happier playing basketball in, in since in, in like five years, you know, and, and now I am having that kind of fun. So I think it's real. It's just yeah. I don't think that was the intention at the beginning of free agency. Do you think that has any bearing on what players decide to do when Charlotte's in the mix of trying to land one of those guys in the offseason? Yeah, we'll see, right? I think this is the first real season where we'll get a gauge of that. Mm-hmm. To your point, they've been so fun, uh, and then they've been such an attraction across the league right now. I do think it's going to make a difference. I mean, good Lord, look what he's done for, for Plumley. A, a mean, difference in the positive, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think so. Uh, I mean, look at some of the – these guys watch games. They know what's going on. Um, I, I think any, like, you know, freezing out or hating, it's not really hating, is really all just because of the newness. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. this league is flooded with egos. You know what I mean? If they're going to go to – if they're not going to go somewhere because a guy's flashy or because he got an ego or he talks to the rest a little too much, the choices are going to be limited. So, I think guys look at the product and look how much fun these guys are having. And they talk. You know, all these guys talk. And so, it's going to be like Lamella makes it so easy to run the break. Lamella makes it so easy to spot up. He's finding guys and making their job easier. I think in the long run, that's going to be what attracts people to play with LaMelo. Yeah, and real quickly, just to be clear, I by no means think LaMelo is anything close to a negative factor in coming to Charlotte. It's just, is there enough of a positive factor 
for it to you know be the light to the moth that right. is the free agent sure right? like that's sure. that that's the thing that i'm questioning you know is we all thought Lamella was going to ramp up the city big time now everybody wants to play like i wonder if players are like uh, i still want to get this money like you know like how 100 percent they do yeah as they that's should. true right yes um, uh but like i think in the miles bridges situation certain advantage you know especially guys that have played here absolutely. with them that's going to help the hornets absolutely speaking of miles bridges how interesting would it have been had he made the all-star team? He is a part of clutch. And so if LeBron is picking, uh, does Miles get selected before LaMelo in that situation? And how high does Miles get selected since he's a part of clutch and LeBron would be as well? I know. I'll be interested to see what the correlation is between the voting results from the all-star, you know, where they had him. Sure. Miles was pretty high. Uh, and so if, if LaMelo does end up falling, you know, maybe there'll be some, some uh, correlation, but who knows? I'm starting to think the NBA is losing their way a little bit with this all-star game. I mean, the way they're putting it together, the way they're doing the selections, the selections sounded fun at first. And then they went to the live broadcast. I think the next iteration of this is going to be like full on blacktop choosing before the game. <laughs> uh, I think they did that. Sweet though. Like, yeah, uh... I know. I, I just think that they're trying to juice it up. One other thing, for all-star weekend have you seen how they're doing the skills competition i don't think anybody has paid attention to this except they get for, to pick, for me they get to pick a buddy or something like that is that right so there's there's three teams uh one is a team from cleveland sure it's there okay. another is a team of rookies fine and the third team is the Antetokounmpo's. right right that's why I'm i like, thought man, I, wait I knew they were involved yeah if we're gonna do brother versus brother let's go Antetokounmpo ball Plumley, let's bring a Zeller back. I mean, let's go. Let's go, Cody uh, Martin. I mean, yeah, they've got to have a. Sure. I mean, let's let's go, brother versus brother, and that really awesome. do this thing. That would be sweet. And to, and Lamelo and Lonzo were made for the skills challenge too. Know, that, that, that's the thing to do. That would. How do they not have Lamelo in the skills competition? He's the best passer maybe on the planet right now. And and, and you know we're gonna have a G League guy out there. No disrespect or. <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, whatever he's on the roster, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't deserve to be. I don't know. He, he's on the <laughs> roster because Giannis is there. I don't I don't know enough about his game, but whatever. Um, no, no yeah, that would have been that would have been really cool. All star. All right. NBA trade deadline. David, let's give the last statement of the podcast before we have to recap it all tomorrow or maybe even next week, depending on, you know, Doug's availability, everybody else's. Yeah. What do you think the Hornets do? Do they make a move and what kind of move is it going to be? I'm going to say home slams in Charlotte. I'm going all out. Okay. I have no idea. I'm just guessing that, <laughs> you know, they see what's, they see what's bubbling. They see what's going on. They see the limitations. Uh, maybe they see a little inspiration in Chicago last night and say, let's start this train rolling. But uh, I think home's not playing. He's definitely available. If you want to get him, Sacramento is the right team to be talking to if you want to make a deal. So, you know, I, I don't know what that does for this team right now at this point. And I would be against – Oddly enough, I'd rather have P.J. Washington retained on this roster, so we'll see if they work yeah. out. But I just, it just feels like the wave is starting to, to to crash from all sides right now that the Hornets are, 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 are buyers and they need to make a move, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Kelly Oubre is the guy for me that is the most valuable that I would be okay with giving up and then stopping, you know, short of anything else, just because I, I think – you know, trying to sell high, even if it might not be as high mm -hmm. on, uh, you know, on his value anymore, you're just going to have to pay him, right? You want to make sure you get something long lasting before he leaves in free agency. And if you're going to pay Miles Bridges, Kelly Oubre 
where is he starting annually? Like 15 annually, especially if we still view him as an overall positive um, from this past season. And that's a lot of money to have on the books, too. Do you want to just go ahead and trade Kelly? Rashawn Holmes comes on this team to fill a need. But if it goes to PJ, no, the Kings aren't going to do it unless PJ's involved. I'm so, no, I'm, I'm just nah. going to keep PJ, and yeah. I'm not going to give you any meaningful first-rounder. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like even book night, I've gone back and forth on, but like book night, I'm just, I'm probably just going to keep him too. And I, I've been real wishy-washy <laughs> on that. I know. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think they make a trade for depth. I, I think, yeah, you're I think, probably right. I think they see, um, all the injuries they've battled. No Gordon, who knows how long he's going to be out. I think Mitch Kupchak does pull the trigger, but it's going to be like a Chetty Osmond deal. Tice, Daniel Tice. Yeah, like something like that that's not in the tier one or tier two yeah. of exciting trades. And it it might be, you know, some kind of taller wing, which is one of the more valuable positions out there. So hopefully they don't give too much up just because they need some depth. I, I do think they pulled the trigger on some depth move, though. That That's what I'm going to put in. So we'll see. Trade deadline, baby. It's here. Somebody's going to be too. disappointed. Yeah. No matter what happens. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be disappointed one way or the other. All right. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. We will recap the NBA trade deadline, so stay tuned for that. Make your second listen, Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thanks to David for talking trade deadline with me and Charlotte Hornets, the game against Chicago as well. We'll see what Doug's plans are coming up the rest of the week. He'll certainly be back next week, though, to help us out even further. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll be back with you later. Mm-hmm.